baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. And a good Saturday morning live from Knoxville, Tennessee. We have a co-host with us this morning. You know her, Cherie, my daughter number one. We're up here in Knoxville. Hey, Cherie, good morning. Good morning. Enjoying a little bit of cooler weather up here in Knoxville. Yeah, it's a chilly 28 degrees outside. But I tell you what, back home along the Louisiana Gulf Coast, it's not much different. I'm getting some low 30s in some of the areas around Baton Rouge and Mandeville, Slidell, and even on the South Shore. It's in the 40s, the very low 40s. So it's a chilly morning, but it's going to get a little bit warmed up. Well, this is the first of several road shows. Uh, we're up here dealing with a pointer rescue dog and a goat mission. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, we're going to have a couple of the on-the-road shows coming up in the month of March. We'll be at Martian Bayou in Mandeville's uh, grand opening on the 18th of their store expansion with uh, Chris and Ben Tiblier. Going to have some special guests coming by there. And then the following week on the 25th, I'd like to get some of you Alabama listeners to come out and say hello. We're going to be at Scott's Marine in Alberta, Alabama for their open house and boat show with my friend Lucian Orfanello. So come by and say hello at those events. You can grab some coffee and donuts early in the morning, uh, get lunch later in the day, and uh, get some great deals on some fishing and hunting products. All right, we'll have those live fishing reports for you and also this morning we got a story that's similar to many others in that it began with the alleged perpetrator incriminating himself by posting his misdeeds on social media, but it's also a rare case of some pretty disgusting animal cruelty. Then you throw in some contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile, and we've got a classic case of one knucklehead facing huge fines and some jail time for today's bad boy of the outdoors. Also tell you how you can easily cash in on some Operation Game Thief money. Tell you how much has been paid to some anonymous informants. You could be one of them. And, of course, we're heading into the Mardi Gras holiday weekend. If you're not parading, how are you going to spend your holidays? Fishing freshwater, saltwater, offshore, crabbing, crawfishing, kayaking. Uh, it's not every Mardi Gras you get to hunt, but this year... Because it's in February, uh, you get some late-season game that's still available. Deer season's closed, but you've got openings for snow geese, snipe, quail, squirrel, rabbit until the 28th, uh, feral hogs, and that's always pretty much open. Also, we're going to have a preview of our latest Bayou Wild TV episode called Flatty Frenzy, starring uh, a guy you'll hear from a little bit later on. We call him Captain Quint. He also... Goes by the name of Eric Mohavarak. He'll be here with our Paddler's Report. Also, we'd love for your text messages, 504-260-1870. Tell us, what do you do, uh, if you do if you're looking for an alternative to going parades and participating in the Mardi Gras craziness? What do you do? Do you make outdoors part of your Mardi Gras holiday? Love to hear from you, 504-260-1870. Your coastal marine forecast looking pretty rough if you're going off today. Uh, There is a small craft advisory up for the Gulf and also the interior lakes. Offshore, you're going to be looking at a northeast wind at 20 to 25 knots, 4 to 6 foot seas. That's pretty much unfishable. 
Uh, on the interior lakes and bays, those northeast and northerly winds will still be stiff, 20 to 25, very choppy conditions. Tomorrow it calms down. Northwest winds five knots offshore. That'll be two-foot seas. And a westerly wind five knots with uh, pretty much smooth waters on the interiors. Don't like the west wind, but like those smooth conditions. Good tide range. Average tide 1.2. A lot of moving water out there, stimulating bait. Secret is going to be, as you'll probably hear from our field reporters, you got to find clean water, and that might be in short supply after all these winds associated with that last front. We'll be back to kick it off. We're taking you to Shell Beach from Knoxville, Tennessee. It's Don and Cherie Dubuque on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're getting some text messages in, Cherie. It's pretty chilly over in Wilmer, Alabama, according to Ed. Huh, Ed Miller? Yeah, Ed says it's about the same temperature there as it is here, and so he's also enjoying a little bit of cold weather, or maybe not so from his text message. Yeah, 28 degrees. That's what it is here in Knoxville. Let's find out what it is down in Shell Beach. We'll talk to Robbie Campo. Robbie, what's your thermometer saying down there at the beach? Well, it's 43 degrees here this morning, Don. We've got an 18-knot northeast wind blowing. Uh, it, the water is dirty. It's uh, it's cold. It's gusting to 22 at the lake right here, um, at the buoy at Lake Barn. Uh, the water is filthy. I mean, it's just a, a, the water. The water levels aren't bad. I mean, it's not rock dead low like it like it was earlier in the week. But I mean, it's uh it's still you know we got pretty good tide movement today. So uh, I think if somebody's gonna try to fish today, which <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> somebody <laughs> tried to fish today. Uh, you know, I, I think the only, you know, the only thing I could tell you to do today is you're going to have to try to find some clean water. It, and you know, Donna, after this front came through last night, oh, well, it was Friday night, it it blew, man. It was blowing 25 here yesterday all day out the northwest. It did switch to the northeast, and it's and I think that's why we got this incoming tide. But uh, I tell you, earlier in the week they did pretty good. When the wind was out of the south, they caught some fish in the lake, uh, in Lake Barn here, from the west shoreline, going from uh, Proctor's Point all the way towards uh, St. Milo and Bayou Sioux. They did good. They caught plenty of redfish along in the lake uh, earlier in the week. But you know, these fronts are ha- happening. Um, you know, right around Thursday night, Friday morning, into the weekend, and it screws the weekend up for anybody who thought about going fishing and who had to, who wanted to go that kind of changes their mind you know so um I, I mean we haven't had many people fishing on the weekends and i i understand why i mean it's just you know you're not going out there in these frigid conditions and um you know and not catch no fish i i, I get it but we got better days to come people so you just hang tight it's going to get better um I, you know, summertime's coming again. Spring's be here before we know it, and and we'll just, you know, but all in all, did catch some fish this week, but it was during the week. And I would say if you could pick your days, I would fish, you know, watch this, watch the weather, and and you know, if you see there anything with a south southeast wind, hook the boat up and come on because you can't depend on a weekend anymore to go. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know. <laughs> well, tomorrow's, crazy. 
Tomorrow's going to be a little bit better of a day. Uh, it's going to start a warming trend, and the winds are going to drop down. They're going to be out of the west, which is not the best, you know, particularly for most areas in Louisiana. But that water's still going to be dirty. So it'll even be a tough day tomorrow, but certainly would be a much better day to try to get out there today. It, it, you'd be miserable today with that north wind blowing and that low temperature and trying to find clean water, just, just a struggle. Some days you just got to, you know, pick your days and, 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 and go another time. That's that's all there is to it. And I think next week is going to be looking pretty good. There's some dry weather ahead, no fronts coming, and as soon as that water settles down. Robbie, what do you think might be a, a good spot that would clear up the best the earliest if somebody wanted, maybe back in Mussolini, Stump Lagoon, back in some of those little interior pockets and ponds back up in the marsh? I think I think behind uh, I think behind Stump Lagoon would be okay, uh, or, or behind the on the backside of the dam, but um, is usually a spot that clears up really fast. So if you're gonna try to go, uh, I would have to, and and if I was going today or tomorrow, I think I would have to try my luck by by either side of this rock dam at Hopedale, on you know going one side or the other. One side or the other is gonna be clean. I can promise you. Because when the water is coming through those rocks, it filters it, and it, when it comes out the other end, I'm telling you, Don, you ought to see it. It looks like you could drink the water that comes out the other end. It's so clean. So, yeah. <clears throat> but um, it, that's what I would do. I would have to try, by you know, either by the dam or get back up in the in the marsh behind Stump Lagoon, maybe one of those dead end pipelines back there. Um, you know, Pete's Lagoon. You know, I think that would be okay. But then again. You're going to have to find something that's clean, and that's going to be tough with this wind that we've been having for the last couple of days. Exactly. It takes well, two know, or three days to, you know, to, to uh, clear up. Right. Well, you know, another alternative, if people got time off and looking for something to do, how about getting out there and scouting for those turkeys, you know? That'd be a good good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, brother. You know that that turkey stuff is it's worse it's worse than crack, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh man. You know, Don, I've never been into the drugs, but I'll tell you what, turkey hunt's anything I'm telling you, I'm I'm hooked, line and sinker, you hear me? I can't I wait. You. I can't wait for that to get here. So well, it'll be here all right, for you buddy. Now. All right, yep, have a good better weekend. Better believe it. Okay, fine. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Happy Mardi Gras. And there he goes, Robbie Campo, uh, talking about some tough conditions down in the coast if you're going to be fishing in there. we got some more reports coming up. Jeff Rule's going to be next, and he's coming up right after this three-minute pause. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And that is our theme for Jeff Brule's Freshwater and Bass Report, brought to you by Pure Fishing. And, Cherie, they got a new Revo reel out. Tell us about it. Yes, introducing the new Revo series of reels, completely designed, redesigned Revo to offer anglers the ultimate in performance, design, and dependability. Both the spinning and low-profile reels now employ an asymmetric body design to minimize the body size and optimize weight and balance. The Revo series delivers performance and style for avid anglers who fish to win. By Abu Garcia, Revo Reels. Yeah, good-looking product, too. All right, let's talk to Jeff Brule and see where we ought to use our Revo series of reels. Good morning, Jeff. Let's start off with the old white perch report. That's what's on everybody's mind this time of year for sure. I'm just waiting for it all to bust loose. We just need that week of no rain and warmer weather and it should should start turning on i hit the chipunk about a week ago to 
see what the white perch were doing. But we only caught about eight, and three were keepers. Um, but most of the bites were 10-foot range, which tells me they hadn't really moved up shallow yet or moved into some of the pockets. Um, the river was stained and low, and that didn't, that didn't really help either. But I figure about the 1st of March, that's usually when I start catching them pretty good. And we got to just get less rain and warmer temperatures. And the basin, about the same report for them. Uh, the basin is hovering around four-foot mark at Morgan City, which kind of makes the fishing tough because it muddies up some areas. But I have got a few small reports of some of the canals off the Morgan, uh, the basin up and around Barrett is uh, doing well or catching a few fish. But uh, one thing to note, uh, a tackle paw landing is closed for a few months for repairs. I think they're updating it and getting it in better shape. So if anybody knows that for sure, they could call and let us know if that's the case. Ooh, that's a very popular spot for this time of year, too. That's uh, you know, good information. Uh, before you drive down there, make sure you check on it because it might take a uh, pretty good while to repair it. But that's uh, some good news, and it's also bad news, the timing on it. I mean, this is the time a lot of people use that because the uh, white perch and sockele bite is really on. Well, Jeff, let's talk about some bass. Let me start off with this. I don't know if you got word on this, but uh, Chris Lecoq, my Bayou Wild TV cameraman, sent me a, a photograph of a 15.67-pound fish that was caught by a guy named Bill Cook out of Houston, Texas. Uh, he was fishing at the Bass Champs Tournament up at Cypress Bend. And uh, this is a new lake record fish. It's number 18 for the May 2022 to May 2023. So Toledo Bend is alive and well up there. It's a beautiful fish. Oh, yeah, there's so many big fish. And that's just a big body of water. That's almost like fishing the coastal part of Louisiana for speckled trout or redfish. It's just miles of water. But it is a good fishery. Uh, it is coming back. It's a little bounce back. They, some of the grass is starting to come back in some areas, so that, that's all very helpful. But across the state, it, the reports is kind of like the white perch. It's, it's fair. There's some good and some bad. Uh, but it's that time of year. February is just always a tough month. It's, yeah, it's so weather-dependent. You get these cold fronts like today and bluebird days. Uh, it just makes it tough for even the tournament guys to catch them. But uh, Bo Terrio and Adam Marco uh, had a 13.39-pound stringer for the win. That was a fishing for Tucker tournament. But uh, that's not a lot for the basin. And about 10 pounds got a check. So that just tells you that the, yeah, the fishing's off just a hair. Uh, but they have a, had a few 15, 18-pound stringers in some other events. But it's just been tough on the basin to, to catch quality fish. So uh, Falls River, that's another close trip you could try. They are some five and six pounders coming in for the scales in some of the tournaments. But like today with these cold winds, it just makes it a tough fishing day in those open waters. Uh, but it's a dock paradise in uh, Falls River. you got to learn how to figure out how those docks. And you can get a row of 20 of them and maybe one dock has fish. So it's hard to place to figure out. But it can be rewarding. Uh, been in the Manchac area, there's some signs just coming back. Uh, we just need a few more tournaments and uh, just some better weather, and that kind of gives us an indication on what. But I've heard there's some 10 to 14-pound stringers coming out of the area. But overall, this time of year, is just a slow presentation, dragging shaky head, weightless soft stick baits, or slow rolling single-blade spinner baits. That's some of the options you can do to catch fish this time of year. Well, congratulations to Bo Terrio and Adam Marceau for that uh win that they had at the Tucker Tournament, and congratulations to them. And thanks to all the fishermen who participated in that uh, very worthy cause, that fishing for Tucker, 
tournament that was down at Dwaron's Landing. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about vertical fishing for the white perch, crappie, whatever you want to call them. You know, I, I saw some video that our friend Keith Lusher with North Shore Fishing Report did. He was fishing on the, uh, I think, yeah, it was on the Chifuncta River, and they were fishing the floating grass mats. And it was almost like ice fishing. They had little holes in the grass. They were using uh, one of those uh, finders. Uh, what's the name of the one that you actually see? It? It's the name escapes me right now. I've, I've actually scope. fished with it. The live scope, yeah. And they were locating the fish, dropping the baits down underneath the grass, and pulling out some nice uh, sockele out of there. Now, tell us about vertical jigging for crappie. How do you do it? Yeah, that's just basically you take a 10-foot pole and you just use a straight-down presentation. You know, you're not flipping out in front of you. You're just dropping it straight down at the end of the pole. And it's good for drop-off, wood cover, bridge pylons, and, and yeah, also, too, the grass. Uh, anywhere you have some matted grass that you can get through with a little small jig, it, there's fish underneath it. But you just a natural presentation. You want to use a loop knot in your, your jig just to make sure the bait hovers vertically or horizontally as you drop it down and it gives more of a natural presentation it's just a slow moving moving presentation and um, also if you can find the exact depth you know sometimes you got a 10 foot pole and you might let out eight foot of line and that's the magic depth and once you do that on a given day sometimes you can go around in different spots and find more spots to have fish because you're kind of keyed in on the strike zone jeff are you going to break down and get one of those uh live scopes Actually, I just put one on my boat. I used it for the first time when I went a couple of weeks ago. But I still, it's a its a learning curve. It, it's not like you magically put it on there and all of a sudden you start catching fish. you got to set it and adjust it, and it might be a different adjustment over in this part of the river as opposed to that part of the river. So uh, once i got to get it figured out, we, we might go try to do some filming so we can get good at it and catch some fish. Yeah, let's do a show on it. Uh, you know, my experience with it is it, it finds the fish, but it doesn't make them bite. And, and you know, True. I don't think, yeah, you can, it, it can be frustrating. Well, Jeff, look, they got a tournament at Bayou Lacombe, the Bass Assassins. This is tomorrow from Safe Light to Noon. God bless them. It's going to be a tough tournament. And then Lunkers and Liars uh, on the 26th next weekend, East Pearl Launch. Boy, I crossed the Pearl, and it is a mess right now. Yeah, I'm hoping this week it doesn't look like there's a lot of rain in the forecast. It's, it's going to get better as, as the next few weeks proceed, and that's really all we need. Once we get a little few warm-ups, you'll have a couple months of good fishing on the North Shore and other spots in the state. Very good. Jeff, take care, my friend. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, a good report from uh, Jeff Brule, our freshwater field reporter. All right, Cherie, when we come back, we're going to talk about pointer rescue dogs and goats, among other things. We've got some text messages coming in. You're listening to our live broadcast, actually from daughter number three's place in Knoxville, Tennessee. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. We're back right after this. All right, live from Knoxville, Tennessee, where it's 28 degrees this morning. Welcome aboard. I've got a lot of activity starting to show up on our calendar. We do uh, invite you to send in some of your events that are coming up, and we'll put them on the air for you. Uh, don't forget to get your venison or hog into Double T by February 28th to qualify for that drawing for the 270 rifle with the Leopold Scope. As long as you pick it up by the 28th for each time you bring a, uh, an animal in for processing you get an entry in for the drawing also we got speaking of those feral hogs uh, troops and tusk uh, it's going to be the fourth annual event that's going to take place march 2nd through 4th uh, last week we talked to Derek poor it's all about teams going out and 
helping uh, eradicate the feral hog overpopulation at the same time, donating the meat for worthy causes. And there's actually a five-hog stringer and also a three-hog stringer, depending on whether you hunt, uh, still hunt or night hunt or do it from an airboat. It's also tied to a veterans group, and there will be veterans uh, accompanying these teams out on the shoot. If you want more information, check it out. It's going to be held at uh, St. Mary's Seafood in Sippermore Point. Uh, call Derek Poor. We'll give you his number if you if you can't write it down. It's 337-353-0047. And we got more to talk about, much more, including your text messages when we come back right after this quick station identification pause where we let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we have the highest-paid uh, radio co-host in the world with us right now, Cherie Dubuque, my daughter, number one. Cherie, you want to do text messages or you want to talk about uh, Pearl? Well, why don't we go ahead and do some of these messages first? Um, you know, as I look through these, one of the things that I recognize is we got quite a few longtime listeners on here. So we have Morning Don, thanks for the show. Watch the flatfish video, great information. Only trouble, I think I gained three pounds from the cooking <laughs> portion. Keep the info coming, Lafayette Yacker. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about that flatfish video. What he's talking about is our feature episode on Bayou Wild called Flatty Frenzy. When we get uh, Captain Eric in here, we'll talk a lot more about that. Then we have Morning Don, Backstrap Stacker, checking in from Mobile this morning. Happy Mardi Gras to everyone this weekend. Y'all stay safe out there in the woods, on the water, or at the parades. Yeah. Uh, 3751. Texter, sorry, says he's pulling up carpet. Unfortunately, uh, not enjoying uh, the outdoors, but got to get done. We had some advice while we're here in the Knoxville area. No Mardi Gras. Go to Pigeon Forge and see the geese and go to Gatlin to see the aquarium. Have fun. Thanks for the great show. And then good morning, Don and family. We love your show as always. It's on in the shop. Yeah, I have to work this weekend, but yeah, it's cold down here. Have a great trip, my friend, the Irish Coonass. Now, we got a good question, um, so this one might take a few minutes, but they've asked, have you heard of a practice bladder pricking on release catches? Does it improve the survival rate? It looks gruesome, but if it works. Uh, no, that's a new one to me. Now, I know uh, venting is where you take a, a like a hypodermic needle, a venting tool, and you in, in, insert it into the fish's bladder, and what happens is it releases the gases. It suffers from bar trauma, which is when you bring a fish up too fast from the depths, it gets basically the bends, if people are familiar with that with divers. And it releases the gas. The stomach will, will go back into the body because it's out protruding out of the mouth and allows the fish balance to swim down and escape predators. But that particular practice, uh, maybe you can send us some more on that. I'm not familiar with it. So you're, in, you're saying don't poke the bladder that comes no that's the, the stomach that comes that out comes that's out. not there the you go. don't punch a hole in the stomach if you do that it's going to recede back in but it's not going to help the fish because it's still going to have gas in the bladder the swim bladder okay okay well excellent um thanks don for having jeff on early before 6 a.m another person listening in their truck before they go to work we all understand that part good morning sheree and don don it was great to see you janice chris and miss louisiana Last Saturday at the John Falls Boucherie. I hope you all had as much fun as we did. Enjoyed the many spoils of the Boucherie for lunch. I'll have to see if I can make it to Alberta when you head to Alabama in a few weeks, although I'm not sure it'll be at 5 o'clock in the morning. I have to work on Mardi Gras Day, but my carnival duty last night 
or did my carnival duty watching my daughter's band march in the crew of Columbus Parade. Y'all stay warm and have a great time in Tennessee. Dave Hubble. All right. Thank you, David. And uh, we saw David, and he brought us some of his famous uh, Hubble's Hearth Jelly. We had some lemon and uh, pepper jelly. It's a great product. Check it out. You can go to Hubble's Hearth and find it online. And, yeah, we had Miss Louisiana with us uh, over there last weekend. And had a really good time over there, and I think she really enjoyed that boucheret. One of the really classic and uh, historical events that takes place in Louisiana where actually they slaughter the hog early in the morning, and then they use every bit of it and make a whole array of different products. Plus, they got some extra stuff, including uh, rooster and coon stew. I think you'd love that, Cherie. Rooster and coon stew, that's a new one on me. Now, you're not squeamish. You try it. Yeah, there's very few things. You know, like mushrooms is probably the only thing on my list. Everything else I'm open for. All right. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about Pearl, the rescue dog that's up here with us in Knoxville, Tennessee. We'll tell you more about that whole program. Maybe you might want to get involved in it. We're back right after this pause where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, Cherie, you, me, and the entire audience will be happy to know that Franklin, Texas, is awake and listening. So glad to have them. Yep, they've checked in. It's verified this morning. Good morning to you out in Franklin. I bet it's chilly over there, too. All right, Cherie, um, Pearl, the dog, uh, in the in the Pointer Rescue Program, which you got me involved in. I've actually got the shirt now as a, <laughs> in addition to participating. Tell us about the program and, and this particular dog that uh, we've, we're actually helping with the rescue. So Pointer Rescue Organization is a group of volunteers across the United States that rescue, foster, and adopt pointers to new families. Some of these dogs come from hunting plantations, hunting ranches, um, some elderly owners who can't take care of their dogs, but dogs enjoy hunting. And then some, of course, are found as strays, and the organization takes them in. Some of us foster those dogs and prepare them for adoptive homes. And so Pearl is one of those dogs. Pearl was identified at the Robstown Shelter, which is a very short distance from the plant that I actually work at. And so she's been with me since August, and we finally finally found an adoptive home for Pearl in Ruther Glen, Virginia. So we've made the 1,527-mile journey, or at least Pearl will, by the end of the day on Sunday. We've covered about 944 miles of that. Um, To her new adoptive home, thank you, Megan and Erin, for that. Now, there are limitations with regard to the distance that they'll travel dogs to adoptive and foster homes, and it's 1,500 miles. But since we were coming here, Mm -hmm. we're covering the most of that, and her transport team is awaiting transporting her from Knoxville to Ruther Glen on Sunday morning. She's a sweet dog, too. She's actually, you know, this is another one of those dogs that was clearly raised as an outdoor dog, um, not much human interaction, was in pretty bad shape when we got her, and essentially looks like a completely different dog. And as you've seen, amazing personality has been run through the trials of living with smaller dogs, cats, other pointers, grumpy old dogs, goats, horses, Pigeons, that's what we do there in Woodsboro with these fosters, and so she's ready for her next journey. Well, you know, um, people can participate. Sometimes you can end up getting a good hunting dog, and there's been some of those we've been involved with, and then there's some that are just pure pets or sweet dogs, and you can, you can run the gamut on the dogs. But if somebody wants to get involved and they're not looking to get a dog, either fostering or adopting, but they want to help, the transport is always needed. And tell people how that works. It's very rewarding 
to participate in that. It is, and it's quite an exciting event. And so as I described, um, we'll be bringing Pearl to her first driver in Knoxville. But essentially, people are asked to volunteer their time, the amount of time that it takes you to cover about 60 to 90 miles. And you pick up a dog and transport them about that distance on their journey to either their foster or their adoptive home. And there's a, um, a Facebook instant messaging process that goes on. These are extremely well organized. All parties are put in touch with one another throughout the event. People are sharing pictures. And so it is, it's quite exciting and rewarding. And it's amazing that these things can be arranged in the short time that they are. And the person you're picking the dog up from and the person you're likely handing them off are people you've probably never met, but instantly have a rapport and the care and transport of these dogs in common. And so it doesn't take much, um, you know, an hour and a half or so of your time to pick up the dog and transport them off to the next handler. They oftentimes, if you're interested in doing a little more, they look to overnight dogs. So you've had a couple of overnight mm -hmm. guests in addition to transport. But if you can't foster because that's a large commitment, transport is one way to do that. And in the Gulf Coast area, that's Texas, Beaumont, all the way to Alabama coast. We have a very difficult time finding volunteers in that particular area. And so if you're interested, you can look Pointer Rescue Organization up, Pro, on Facebook and online. They have a website. And then they're always looking for supplies. So they have an Amazon shopping list, and um, they also have a nice store. So you're the recipient of a Pro t-shirt. I have one orange for those of us who are upland hunters is great. We can wear them in the field. And so donations go to the Pointer Rescue Organization. So lots of different ways people can get involved without being committed to fostering a dog. And if you're not prepared to adopt, this is, again, a way that you can help the organization. Now, these relay races, they're, they're pretty much always on weekends, too. They are pretty much always on weekends, recognizing that most of our volunteers work during the week, and so they typically start early on a Saturday morning. The dog will transport probably anywhere from 8 to 10 hours in a single day, so likely handing off to as many as 6 to 8 people, and then overnight at a particular welcoming guest home, and then back at it the next morning until they get to their final destination. Yep, so if you want to get involved in either adopting uh, a pet or a hunting companion or just involved in the transport and uh, helping these dogs find their, their new forever homes, check them out online, pointerrescue.org. Is that it? Or Yes, pointerrescue.org. Or if you just Google Pointer Rescue Organization, the Facebook page and their website will pop up. All right, we're going to talk about goats a little bit later on, something else we're involved with, and also Nutria, all that coming up in the next couple of, uh, well, we're going to probably do this over the second hour because we're going to talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter, realscreamers.com, get you a fishing report, although with the weather conditions and the water conditions this weekend, and not so good, but you got to look ahead to better days, better times, and better bites. It's a Mardi Gras weekend, and you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, let's check in with Captain Darrell Carpenter. Shree, we'll find out if you found your lemon fish yet. Darrell, did the lemon fish ever show up? Lord have mercy. I'm <laughs> never going to live that down. <laughs> That's okay, Darrell. It was a great day fishing. That's all that matters. What you ought to do, Darrell, next time, next time you catch one, 
freeze it and give it to her and settle this thing. Get it over with. Tell her you found I, it. I just wish, <laughs> I wish, you know, we'd have had camera rolling at that time and somebody would have caught the look on my face for that. <laughs> yeah, well, for people not familiar with this story, it's been going on for many years. Uh, we were returning back from a great trip with Captain Darrell offshore and uh, had a nice big lemon fishery he had caught, and as he was transporting it from the boat to the dock, it went off some kind of way into the drink and uh, was never more found. Took on, wasn't alive either. <laughs> so we're waiting for it to pop up one day and, and settle this thing. Anyway, Daryl, boy, what a what a mess we got this today with this, and, and actually for the last couple of days with this flood coming through, huh? Well, the worst of the cold fronts. If you if you set up one of the worst scenarios for a strong cold front, it's during a high tide range because you already have the turbidity in the water with the you know with the high tide range moving it. North wind blows it out on low tide, and it, it keeps it low, which stirs up the bottom more. So, yeah, this is, you know, we're getting late in the season. What, two weeks ago, I told you just I was, it was remarkable just how clear the water stayed, one of, those, one of those strong fronts we had come through. But we're getting late in the season. They're getting, you know, one behind the other. So it's kind of muddying things up. You know, it just you got to pick your days on this one. I mean, the. The good thing about it is, you know, we've got some trips coming up here in the next week or so where we finally get a doctor's release. Um, and the good part about it is the majority of them have multi-day stays, so we're not booking any any one day. We're just during your stay, we're going to pick the best weather day and go. Um, you know, so if you've got some flexibility, you can still make good fishing trips out of this. you just got to kind of plan around these fronts, especially late in the season. Um, other than that, I mean, around Grand Isle, the, I guess the, the fallback is the side of the road, and it's still been doing well. For those that have been, you know, for those that make it a, a, a career to learn that side of the road, the, every week you're getting good reports out of it. Now, they're having to move around. They're having to stick it out. You know, they're, they're, sometimes they'll go and find out the conditions aren't right. And they'll go hit Joe Bob's and get them a hamburger and go back an hour and a half later. But if you if you do it well, you know if you if you stick with it, you're going to start developing some good patterns on that side of the road. You know the the kayaks have really pulled the, the curtain back on that area. You know it's always been good, and a lot of people know about it. But boy, since those kayakers have hit it, uh, the word's really gotten out. There's some really good fishing not far off either. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You know, you you down around what is it, uh, Wachlowski and all of that. Y'all have you know it has that redfish jubilee every now and then. And that's kind of what started to happen. Maybe not the Jubilee, but the crowds have started showing up up and down the highway. People that don't have boats, people that don't want to put boats in, in this weather. Um, so, you know, the other thing is, too, you got to kind of show up with your patience because, especially like Mardi Gras, you got a lot of people that's going to have a, you know, a couple of days off. It's going to be crowded, especially with the weather straightening up toward the end of the weekend. So, you got to go with your patience and just, just know that there's going to be a lot of people trying to do what you're trying to do. They have any parades in Grand Isle? They do. This year, the golf cart parade is coming back. Uh, well, I think they, no, it's not the golf cart parade. The Mardi Gras parade is coming back this year. It's a much shorter route. Um, I think it's today, if I'm not mistaken. It's today. Um, it's a little short route parade. It goes kind of through the heart of town this time of the year. Uh, I'm sure as, as the participation starts growing after Ida, they'll extend the route back to what it used to be, which is nearly the whole island. Well, Darrell, I'm glad to hear you back, getting back in action. The doctor gave you the, 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 the go-ahead, so uh, give out that phone number and contact information because uh, good times are coming up, better fishing, better weather, and 
Get after them. Yeah, well, Don, they can always find me on your site at dontheoutdoorsguy.com while they're checking out all the other articles and bad boys and so forth. Or they can find me at realscreamers.com. Or best yet, just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. And trust me, after having a hand in a cast for six weeks, I, I can talk fishing for a while. <laughs> All right. All right, now Go get them, my friend. Thanks for the report, as always. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week. Hey, you enjoy some great time with Sheree. Oh, we are. We're definitely enjoying it. Thank you so much. All right, that's Captain Darrell Carpenter. When we come back after the top of the hour break, we got more fishing reports. Captain Mike Gallo is born on the bayou. We'll get his update. Uh, Captain Eric, we're going to talk about uh, the Bayou Wild TV episode called Flatty Frenzy. If you haven't seen it yet, we'll preview it for you and tell you what's ahead there. Captain Ryan Lambert, our plastic man, is going to join us. Uh, Cajun Fishing Adventures down in Buras. And we're going to have a special guest to wrap up the program. Uh, of course, we've got Bad Boy, a real unique, very strange story on the Bad Boys. But after that, uh, the author of a book called Can't Beat em, Eat em, Chef Philippe Parola. Uh, some of you may be familiar with Philippe. He's been on this radio show before. We've had him on Bayou Wild TV cooking everything from nutria to lionfish. He's got a new book out called If You Can't Beat em, Eat em. This guy has been on a mission to identify invasive species like the feral hog we were talking about, the nutria. Uh, now we're starting to see some uh, some of these other species that are moving in. The armadillo was an invasive species. Uh, even the coyotes uh, were, have, have, have expended their range and kind of become invasive. And he's developed a book identifying 40 of those species and got recipes on each one of them on how to cook them. And as he says, we'll... Uh, clean up the ecosystem and the environment one bite at a time. And, Sharia, uh, I know you're interested in that can't beat them, eat them book, too. Yeah, I saw it sitting on your coffee table, and <laughs> I'd like to have one over there in Woodsboro, Texas. Well, we'll work on that for you. All right, we'll be back with our number two right after this pause on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 